Well, we come to our teaching time. I get three weeks here for the summer, and uh, I just globbed on to Garrett's series. I think he had, uh, he said what we do, which has kind of become sort of a little moniker around here. And, uh, and so I said, all right, I'll do what we do. And um, I just thought, what we do? Let's go. Next week is let's stay. And the third week is let's leave. Okay, so today let's go. And that's what we're going to start with. So we begin with the first chapter in the Gospel of Mark. So if you have your Bible with you or if you look it up on the, your, your device or whatever. So here we go. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. Mark 1, 35 through 39. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he, Jesus, got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. And Jesus answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Mark, Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. So if you've been around my teaching for even a short amount of time here at Lakeland, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I totally got this Wilburn stuff down. I know what this guy's going to do with this Jesus going out to a deserted place to pray. He's going to tell us all to go on retreat and do this solitude and silence and this contemplative prayer thing, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, God, all right. No, no, I'm not going to teach you that today. We are going to do the second half. We're doing the second half. Let's go. Let's go because that's what I came to do. That's what we're going to do. Let's go to the neighboring towns so that I proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And I'll show you where really the real genesis of this idea came from. And it came from one of an, an, an artist I know. Um, and so I have to take a little caution here. Um, the whole idea and the picture that we have here, I have curated an original uh, six-year-old Gwyneth. Um, this is Gwyneth's uh, artwork produced in a pandemic Easter su- Sunday. Uh, and if you look at it closely, and you should look at it closely if you appreciate art, you'll understand there is a Lakeland and there is a let's go. And there are empty seats, which you are now filling. You could almost call this participatory art. That you are immersed in it at this very moment. So uh, this original Gwyneth is inspired by Lakeland. So, um, and we are just, we are blessed to have these kind of artists around here. So notice Gwyneth's style, the unmistakable, almost gestural, instinctual, uh, and unmatched um, black crayon. That's her signature. And um, that is, you don't find really anywhere else. And I know it's wrong to try and ex- do this to an artist, but let me just attempt to explain this, this art and let, be the first to comment on it, by the way. Let's Go is about filling the empty worship seats on a Sunday morning. Let's go to church. The energy is all black cherry forward. It's instinctual in its taste. That's what it does. It, it occupies its own existential timepiece right here on the paper. Um, so one can almost feel the holy breath of Jesus against one, one's cool forehead. Let's go, for that is what we came to do. So 
I'll just keep this back and we'll keep the security close by. Um, so uh, that's what really started this whole thing, and it comports with Scripture, and that's what we have. So thank you, Gwyneth, for taking us there. Now, have you ever noticed that the Bible's storyline is all about going? The Bible's storyline is a travel narrative. It's on the road. The Bible's storyline, it begins with Adam and Eve, not at home. It begins with them cast out, forever traveling. Abraham and Sarah are wandering Arameans from the land of Ur. They are asked to leave their home and go to a destination they have never been. The Jews continue to wander. They are nomads. They are strangers in a strange land. The Hebrews find themselves then eventually in a strange land called Egypt. They're there. It is, becomes their home, but it is, they know deep down inside it is not their home. And after 430 years, no one remembers that they had a home called the promised land. Moses is a flawed soul escaping his past and even his identity. And he what? He flees out into the desert. Until he encounters the burning bush. Much of the Psalms then are travel songs. They are songs of ascent to Jerusalem to make pilgrimage. The prophets tell us how to take the journey. Why we are on the journey. They attempt to explain the journey. What is the curse and the hope of the journey inside the promised land. Supposedly their home. But they're not at home. The Hebrews are a people who are always on their way but never really arriving. It is the story of the human story. This is humanity's way. And the Bible is the the most powerful book in, in the last few thousand years, of course, of history, simply because it is our story, the human story. And that's why it's still the bestseller. The Jews themselves really are that fiddler on the roof, always trying to eke out some sort of a living but always knowing that they'll have to leave. After the exile, the Jews trickle back into home as strangers in their own strange land. And even in the last month, if you've read the headlines, this story continues as the Palestinians and the Israelis fight for who is at home. And neither one is. To be a stranger is one's identity in the Bible. As the Lord commands the Jews in Deuteronomy and the law, you shall love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 19. You'll love strangers because you yourself are strangers, and you will always be strangers in a strange land. Here we are 3,000 years later, and we too feel like strangers in a strange land, in the land of Egypt, don't we? We're not making mud bricks for Pharaoh. No, our Pharaoh is much more demanding and relentless. Our overlord is ourselves. We have become alienated from ourselves, and we are desperately trying to find our way home, and the pandemic has made it all the more evident. In the pandemic, we were stuck at home, and yet we did not want to be there. And then the moment that you're gone from home, you want to go back. What's a person to do? Who are we? 
we're people of the road. Did you uh, see, like, I think it was about uh, 2019, there, a movie with George Clooney called uh, Up in the Air. Up in the Air is about, uh, it's based on a book, and George Clooney plays the lead character, Ryan Bingham. Ryan Bingham has no home. He, all he does is travel on airplanes. And uh, his quest is not a destination, but rather he wants to become, his entire life goal in Up in the Air is to become a million miler. Frequent flyer, million miler. That's all he wants to do in Up in the Air. His job traveling around is a motivational speaker. He actually fires people. But his motivational speaker, and he has this gimmicky, cheap knapsack, this backpack that he takes with him, that he pulls out in his presentation, and it's full of things he says that you do not need for your journey. Everything you don't need in life, which is exactly what he is. He needs nothing. All he needs to do is get some more miles because he's up in the air. Bingham finally achieves his million-mile goal, and the captain of the airplane walks back to congratulate him. He says, thank you so much for, uh, we really appreciate your loyalty. And then he says this, where are you from? And Bingham replies, "Uh, I'm from here. It's this thin, uncomfortable reply. It's not convincing, and it's hollow, as he realizes he has no home and has never desired a home. Are are we not, too, then, up in the air as humans? Are we not, too, homeless, even though we have homes? We've been stuck at home for over a year, and all we want to do is get out and hit the road and go places and be somebody else. We're on this constant search of, like, who am I? What's my identity? Where am I going? Where am I from? What's my earth? We think this road is life. Let's go. But where and why would we go? So on one level, the pandemic has revealed our culture's angst, our pointlessness, our up-in-the-airness, that we're all carrying around some gimmicky bag of stuff that we think is important when we know it's not. Maybe we never arrive. Maybe, Maybe being settled is a myth. Maybe it's not supposed. Maybe we're not supposed to arrive. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we human beings were never designed to arrive. Maybe the Bible's story is our story. Always on the road. Perhaps the Bible story is true. We never really do anything but take a long, epic journey. And maybe the journey is the point. Jesus says, let's go, because that's what I was called to do. You carry with you the gospel. It is in your going that the world is remade. The Jews made pilgrimages to Jerusalem. Muslims make pilgrimages to Mecca. I've often wanted to go to the Holy Land myself. Have you ever wanted to go someplace like that? Like you have some pilgrimage destination? Actually, the real nerd part of me, I want to go to Egypt out to the desert, out past the Nile, to these uh, hermitages and these monasteries from the 4th century where, where I did all, you know, that I did all my work on, my, my doctoral work. I'd love to go to St. Catherine's in Syria, and I'd like to be able to come home from Syria. <laughs> so that's why I haven't gone. I've been reading uh, Augustine's biography by Peter Brown, what's called a magisterial biography. 
on Augustine from the 4th century. And Augustine often uses the word paragonatio. Paragonatio, and he uses this word to describe the Christian life. Paragonatio often gets translated as pilgrim. And if you're sort of a word nerd, you'll see the word peregrine in there. And you're like, oh, you mean like a peregrine falcon? Like, yes, who can fly and fly and fly and fly and fly. Peregrinatio gets translated as pilgrimage, but being a pilgrim uh, isn't exactly the best translation of peregrinatio. I've used it. Henry Nowen's used it. Everybody who goes on retreat reads about peregrinatio. But it's not exactly pilgrim. It's it's, uh, because a pilgrim, oftentimes returning to Mecca or going to Jerusalem, is going back to home. It's a place they've been before. But that's not really the way Augustine describes Peregrinatio. It's really a place that you long to be, but you've never been. A place that you long to be, but you've never been. It's your home. It's your destination. But you don't know what it's like. It's like heaven. It's like God. And which is the way Augustine uses it. But being a pilgrim means... You, you, you're returning to this place you belong in. It's your home. It's your destination. You know what it is. It's more like Augustine uses the word peregrinatio, like setting out. More like Abraham setting out to a land he's never been. We are actually more than like refugees seeking refuge. We, we are lost from our home and we're trying to find our, our base. And we like set out for a place we've never been. And that that refuge, according to Augustine, is God. That's our refuge. God is our refuge. He's our refuge city. Our angst is is only answered in the divine home that we've never been. And as Augustine is so famous for writing, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, O God. That's our destination. That's where we're going. And who we bring with us is all important. With God as our purpose, the journey becomes our friend. The journey, the road becomes our our way. Our home is the road. We are on the road. And maybe that's who we were ever designed to be. But we fight like crazy to not be on the road. God is the country we're looking for. And we're more like migrants we're like pilgrims, we're like refugees, we're like migrants. We, we are like the, the first year young birds flying south in the late summer. We've never been there, but we know where we're supposed to go. And we just take off. We are those birds who fly south to a place we've never been, but we know we belong. It's, it's been uh, interesting getting older, you know. Because what I recognize... Most of all, as my parents are both gone, and now my oldest brother, is you constantly want to think about trying to go back home and, and, and somehow relive being at home and make it all the same. And um, you can't make it the same. You're on the road. I remember sitting uh, back in 1995... I remember sitting at my family's kitchen table with my father, who was paralyzed on his left side by strokes years before. And my diabetic mother had just been taken to the hospital. Her kidneys had failed. And she had cared for my dad, and 
they were quite a sad pair, really. Um, two disabled people trying to be independent and stay in their same house of 40, 45 years. And I sat there at the same kitchen table I'd grown up eating all of my mom's good southern cooking. And I had to tell my father, Dad, you can't stay here. Mom's not coming home. Probably the most significant words I ever said to anybody in my family. And we'll all have to do it. Home is gone. Now where do I belong? Where, where's ground? Where's my earth? What do I take with me? To this day, I, I find myself attempting to find home. I took the numbers off my folks' house before we sold it and nailed them up to my tool pegboard in the garage. I still have my brother's old Bronco that I all desperately restored, trying to somehow hang on to something, hang on to my brother who died of COVID this year. And uh, it's the same old Bronco that he loved. It was his only possession. And he loved it even more that day when I was 15 years old learning to drive and I backed out the drive and hit it down the side. And I can tell you I heard the word God that day more than any church service I've ever attended. (laughs) But you can't go backwards. You've got to go forward. We were made for the road. And that's what we all keep fighting. Augustine proposes that most of us, our restlessness and our disappointment in life is because we're trying to convince ourselves that we're already home and we're desperately trying to hang on to it when instead we're supposed to hit the road. We cling too tightly to our stuff, to our prestiges, our rights, our demands, our privileges. If we're angry that anyone suggested that we, that we can't go back to the way it was, we get angry about that. And then the other half gets angry because we tell them that their perfect world's not going to happen. It's all a myth. We need a refugee spirituality. We need to be pilgrims, migrants. We need to think like Jesus. Let's go, because that's what I was called to do. That's who I am. In his mortal life, in Jesus' mortal life, he, he'd never had a home. His home was heaven. But Jesus knew that heaven was his home. He knew it was his destination, and he'd never been there. I mean, if you think about it theologically, it's quite the thing to think about. Like, hey, wait a second, I think he's a member of the Trinity. Yeah, but the person, Jesus, had never been there. Let's go, for that's what I was called to do. Now, Jesus' heaven, you know, is a far cry from some maudlin, syrupy, cheesy angels floating on clouds with little harps and doing corny stuff and floating around and things like that in golden streets. Something tells me heaven is a lot like Jesus, and that's about as close as we get. It's, it's more of a relationship, perhaps, than even some place because we do such a terrible job at creating heaven when we start thinking geography and physicality. We, we turn it into some lame thing. We'd do better just to keep it Jesus saying, let's go, because that's what I was called to do. And we're like, all right, we're going. We'd do better with that. Maybe we wrongly think that when we get to heaven, when we get there, then somehow we'll be complete. But Paul doesn't say that. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, you are a new creation in Christ right now. 
On the road, you are a new creation. You've got everything you need. You're it. It's all complete. You are already a new creation. We are already a new creation in Christ. Maybe we're more in heaven now than we can even grasp. We're on a journey toward God. Pilgrims, migrants, refugees. And then Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, he says this. He states that our citizenship is in heaven. Here we go. But our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory. And by that, by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Now, just before that, once again, we're in desperate need of the whole Bible here. That right before that, leading up to verses 20 and 21, Paul says the enemies of Christ, the enemies of Christ have their belly as God. Their glory is their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. They are lost simply because in their ignorance, they believe they can stamp their own citizenship passport with a big me, 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 belly, belly, home, home, home. I am master and captain of my own fate. And that's not true. Your home is heaven and you're already on the way. And the person who's calling out before you is saying, let's go. For that's what you're called to do. Pilgrims hear the songs of ascent as they travel on pilgrimage towards the holy city, towards the capital. Towards Jerusalem with its gleaming golden dome that you could see from 30 miles away. Migrants travel on towards the next short-term labor as a village people together on a way defined by their work and not by their home refugees have no choice and they make a home wherever they can their primary goal is to keep their family together go back to church that's what Gwyneth is saying the wind today is you've already done it. You're sitting here. Come home to the village. We are on our way. We are singing songs and we're drinking water from the clear pools while on pilgrimage. The pools of brotherhood and sisterhood. We welcome the stranger and take care of the children. We are people on the way. Let's go because that is what we do. That is who Lakeland is. That's what every body of Christ is. We are people on the road. We are called back so you may be sent out and keep traveling. You cannot do it alone. One of the great tragedies in modern day expression of theology is to think that a person can be a Christian all by themselves. And as Thomas Merton said, no man goes to heaven by himself. There are others on the road with you. That defines the road. We belong to Jesus simply because we know and belong to each other. That's how it gets known. So come back. Take to heart the gallery of Gwyneth, the six-year-old. 
and what she said so simply in her enigmatic art. Lakeland, let's go. So Lord, we are in a few moments going to be sent out into the world on the road. And we take each other with us. And Lord Jesus Christ, we take you with us. And you are calling us to let's go. For that is what I was called to do. May we obey and enjoy every step of the road. We all said, Amen.